Hi, this is Dave of the Fatalist Podcast, and you're listening to another episode of Take 5. Now, as the snow in my backyard gradually recedes, soon to disappear completely, spring looms just around the corner, and with it, the news of which television shows will be returning for another season and which ones will disappear into the vast wasteland of could-have-beens and never-wers. All right, to begin with, I'm prejudiced. While I enjoy a good comedy, I watch none on the current list of active shows, but at the end of the day, when I'm figuring out how many and which shows I'm going to devote time to, personally, I prefer to be intrigued, challenged, and leave a better person after watching a show. And that's why I have no interest in reality shows like Survivor, American Idol, and The Voice. I'm also not interested in the plethora of shows like Criminal Minds, Chicago PD, and any of the Law & Order franchise even though those shows at least deal with real-life issues and real-life situations that clearly give the viewer pause. And I understand that many of us live stressful, hectic lives and want nothing more than to unwind with some frivolous, mind-numbing fare in the hours after dinner and before bed. Well, you're in luck if that's what you're after, because there are plenty of choices there. All right, and now I reach my problem. There is some intelligent comedy out there, Parks and Recreation, The Office, though not so much now, Community, But these shows struggle to stay on the air while insipid drivel like two and a half men and two broke girls continue to thrive. Who watches these shows? All right, to be fair, I still don't feel like I'm a better person after watching Community or Parks and Rec. I mean, I did laugh a little bit. Fox's The Mindy Project consistently brings in viewership in the low two and a half million range, yet it gets renewed for a third season, while Fringe did just as well or better even in the Friday night death slot and struggled to get renewed each season. Ironically, the only thing that kept Fringe on the air was that the director of programming personally loved the show. Have you ever even seen The Mindy Project? I don't even know where to begin. All right, I know I sound like a self-absorbed, condescending know-it-all, but I live real life. I have real-life problems. I talk to people about their real-life problems. When I recreate, I like to explore ideas that I don't run across during my daily life. So you can imagine my dismay when I learned that CBS's intelligence has not been renewed, and though it hasn't yet been officially canceled, it likely will be. NBC's Revolution, Hannibal, and Dracula remain on the bubble, and Dracula, though, the episodes I saw were pretty awful. So why doesn't the average viewer tune into genre television? Do the sci-fi and supernatural elements turn them off? Does the that-can't-possibly-happen attitude creep in? Or is it simply a matter of not wanting to have to really think about the events on the screen? And if that's it, fine. I don't feel the same way, but I understand. I just want to watch a show and leave better than when I began. And judging by the current crop of comedies, that's not a concern of the writers and showrunners. All right, so back to the non-renewal of intelligence, which is what prompted the discourse in the first place you got a show that drew over 16 million viewers for the premiere and then immediately dropped into the 6 and 7 million range, which is pretty much where it stayed. Josh Holloway is great, and I enjoy the fact that Sawyer creeps through now and then as the conflicted former soldier willing to yet again put his life and his humanity on the line for his country. Megan Ory, a.k.a. Ruby, Red Riding Hood from Once Upon a Time, provides a balance between her task to protect Holloway's character and her desire to have a normal working relationship with her closest colleague. I absolutely hated Marg Helgenberg on CSI, and even though she plays the same icy, cold-hearted bitch in intelligence, the writer suddenly gave us an episode where her vulnerabilities became visible, and it took Riley to encourage her to remember that she's a mom first and Cyber Command director second. Yes, it's sci-fi, but the show's about the people and the implications of the work they're doing. 
but apparently that's not enough, and shows like this struggle to remain viable and on the air while two drunk girls get renewed. I just don't understand it. All right. The reason most of you are listening to Fatalists in the first place is because you're Lost Girl fans, and I'm sure the fact that it's about supernatural beings prevents a lot of people from giving the show a chance. I suppose the main character's journey of self-discovery and self-worth isn't enough. The fact that she's been thrust into the role of reluctant messiah, forcing her to make unpopular decisions she wanted no part of to begin with, isn't compelling enough to captivate most viewers. Okay, there's a wolf shifter, a siren, a Valkyrie, and a succubus, but at the end of the day, it's their humanity, or rather their feignanity, that makes the show an artistic success. So, again, I don't understand. And as I await the fate of NBC's revolution, my message remains the same to both programmers and viewers. Stretch yourselves. Give these shows a chance. Thanks for listening. Wayne and I will be back soon with another episode of Fadeless. Fadeless.